Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading from a devotional book today put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. This book catalogs the struggles of God's people over past years. Today we're just visiting generally some restricted nations and generally some persecuted Christians in those nations. The smoke of a train wreck was thick as cries of agony came from the sea of passengers whose bleeding, broken bodies lay amid the ruined cars. Among the wounded and dying walked a surgeon who was unharmed in the collision. His luggage, though, was lost in the confusion, and he cried out, My tools! My tools! If only I had my tools! With medical instruments, the man could have saved many lives. With his bare hands, he stood virtually helpless, watching as many died. Today's persecuted church is like that surgeon. They have the knowledge and the willingness to save many lives caught in the wreckage of communism or Christless Islam. What they lack are the tools. Hear the cries of your brothers and sisters in captive nations, wrote Pastor Richard Wormbrand when he first came to the United States. They do not ask for escape. They do not ask for safety or an easy life. They ask only for the tools to counteract the poisoning of their youth, the next generation, with atheism. They ask for Bibles. How can they spread the word of God if they do not have it? Christians in restricted nations cannot provide these tools for themselves. They count on Christians in free nations to help. Give us the tools we need, one Christian told us, and we'll pay the price for using them. Romans 10.14 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Chalk for a teacher, needles for a nurse, patience for a parent, and a tractor for a farmer. Every person, regardless of calling, uses tools. It may be as complicated as a computer or as primitive as a hammer, but our lives change drastically with those tools. As Christians, we know our spiritual tools because we read about them in God's Word, the Bible. But what about those who never read about the tools of compassion, of forgiveness, love, sharing, and all the gifts and talents that God offers? You cannot keep these spiritual truths to yourself, hiding them as a miser hoards gold. Willingly share your tools freely with others in need. Amen. If you'd like a copy of this book I was reading from, Extreme Devotion, uh, it isn't free, but do email Voice of the Martyrs at thevoice at vom.org and just ask them about that. Also today, I'm reading from the December issue of the VOM magazine. Uh, it's called a newsletter, but it, it looks a whole lot more like a magazine. I think it's about 16 pages. Let me read to you a story uh, that comes out of Southeast Asia. It's called Not Done Yet. Lee Powell's first arrest came just a year after he placed his faith in Christ. He had already led eight of the 108 families in his Hamang village to Christ, and he regularly hosted worship gatherings at his home in Southeast Asia. 
During his five months in prison, guards repeatedly beat him until he was unconscious. And once an officer kicked him in the chest, breaking a rib. When I was in the prison, Powell said, I always remember Daniel 12 talking about suffering on earth, receiving the reward in heaven. I wanted my life to be like the shining star for God, Daniel 12.3. After his release from prison, Powell resumed his ministry, sharing the gospel with seven more families. His evangelism angered other villagers, who sometimes interrupted his worship gatherings and threatened him. Eventually, Powell moved to a new village to escape the hostile environment. There, he led 11 families to Christ and established a church. Then authorities arrested him again, and this time he was imprisoned for more than two years. Early in his imprisonment, the guards told other prisoners that Powell was a Christian. To humiliate him, They ordered the prisoners to hop on his back and act like they were riding him like a horse. Powell suffered a broken hand and multiple back injuries as a result of these traumatic incidents. Other times, the guards tortured Powell with an electric cattle prod and poisonous beetles. And as with his previous imprisonment, they repeatedly beat him until he lost unconsciousness, or he lost consciousness. Upon his release, Powell was unable to find his family. He eventually heard that his wife and 11 children had moved away for their own safety. And he also learned that two of his children had died while he was in prison. Powell rejoined his family in their new village, but soon he was arrested a third time for leading three families to Christ. Authorities handcuffed him to a chair and beat him severely. If you are a servant of God, then I will put you in the truck, a police officer told him. I will tie you up and throw you in the river so you die without anyone knowing. The police also threatened to expel the three new Christian families from the village. And when Powell told the officers that he would allow the families to live on his land, one of them slapped him in the face for protesting. No matter what you may do to me, It will not stop me from sharing the message of salvation in this village, Powell told them. I will share the gospel with everybody in order that they may receive salvation. I do not fear death. The authorities then locked him in a jail cell and forced him to sleep naked on a cold concrete floor with no blanket. When the local police chief learned how Powell had defied the officers, He entered Powell's cell and repeatedly jumped on his stomach in retaliation. He then dragged Powell to his feet and punched him in the face, knocking out several teeth. As Powell fell to the floor, the police chief kicked him in the head. This is what we do to people who oppose our government, he exclaimed. Finally, the police chief dragged Powell out of the cell and threw him down a flight of stairs. Two days later, the police chief noticed Powell was wearing a cross necklace, ordered him to remove it. When Powell refused, the police chief hit him in the face with his shoe. Then he ordered Powell to remove his clothes, stand naked against a wall, and bow to him. I will not bow down to any man, Powell replied. I will only kneel before my Lord, as only he deserves praise and worship. 
When he was released two weeks later, Pao returned to his family, battered and bruised. And one week after his release, he attended a Bible school. While there, he met with frontline workers who provided him with more Bibles and Christian literature. He also received funds for medical and dental treatment. Today, at age 75, Pao continues to proclaim the gospel fearlessly. And despite his continued evangelism and church planting efforts, he has not experienced persecution since his last imprisonment. He said his persecutors probably overlook his Christian work now because of his advanced age and respected military background. Although Pao hasn't faced persecution in more than a decade, Christians in his country, especially Hmong believers, continue to face opposition because of their witness to Christ. In the region where he lives, authorities increasingly oppress Christians and churches. Since 2011, Pao has planted 12 churches. He still shares the gospel daily, although he admits it has become more difficult. I realize I have become old, he said. My ears cannot hear people speak clearly. My health is not good. I understand that when I speak, I am murmuring. I am unclear to talk, but in my heart I am still eager to share Christ with other people. Powell has no idea how many people he has led to Christ throughout his years of ministry work, but he said that of the many churches he has started, the smallest now has 40 families. The largest has 100 families. Looking back on those who persecuted him, Powell feels only love toward them. I don't hate them, he said. I know for sure that the more they persecute me, the more I will be rewarded by God, so I'm not afraid to die. Actually, they are not our enemies. In the end, the one that forces people to persecute me is Satan. Pao asks for prayer as he continues to tell others about the truth of Christ. Pray that I will open my mouth to share the gospel, not only to the villagers, but whenever I have a chance to meet with the officers, that I would also share the gospel to them, he said. I cannot stay home without sharing the gospel. My heart would go out. That's why even until today, I'm still an evangelist. Please pray for my health. Pray for my heart so that I can share the gospel with even more people than ever before. Having suffered greatly for his Christian work in the past, Pao has no fear of further persecution. I'm not afraid, even if I die tomorrow, he said. I'm not afraid because I have God with me, and I pray to God, Lord, Let me die serving you. Amen. I'm looking at a picture of him and his family. Uh, If you would like to have this magazine that I'm looking at sent directly to your house every month for no fee at all. No, they won't charge you for it ever. They they might ask you for money occasionally by letters. You know, missionary organizations do that. But you won't be charged for this. It's totally free, and you'll get to read these stories firsthand. I hope that you will do that, and that you will go to um, vom.org, vom.org. And this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.